0: My life very very bad. Before I don't have love from my mom. I have a lot the love, confidence and new life from Bong Smale. She is very very special for me and she is a second mother for me.
1: This is the voice of Srepech, a victim of child sex trafficking in Cambodia. Not long ago, she was a slave in the deepest and darkest brothels of Phnom Penh. But then she was rescued and rehabilitated by the Somali Mom Foundation.
2: Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes, I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes feel like
1: a motherless child a long way from home Last week on Asian Threads, we listened to the brutal stories of two young children in Cambodia who were victims of sexual exploitation. Chavon was sold to a brothel by her aunt when she was just 15 years old, and Bora, an 11-year-old boy, was molested by a convicted foreign sex offender along with his two younger brothers who were just 8 and 10 at the time. Sex crimes against children in Cambodia are rampant. This is a country where domestic violence is at an all-time high. Today on Asian Threads, we'll take a look at why this happens and what is being done to transform Cambodia to a country where children can avail their human rights.
2: Asian 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 Asian
3: Asian 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 Threads Spinning the tales of Asian communities and cultures, their personal accounts, their history, and their literature. This program is sponsored by the Wing Foundation.
1: human trafficking is generally used to define a situation where an individual is held against their will by the use of threats, abduction, coercion, fraud or deception. Truly the trade of human beings. This is a global issue considered the world's second largest and fastest growing criminal enterprise at 32 billion US dollars with an estimated 21 million people enslaved around the globe. 20% of those are in the sex trade. The root cause? Poverty and gender inequality. Cambodia is one of the world's hotspots for sex trafficking. Here, statistics are not readily available because it's an underground crime. But according to the Walk Free Foundation, there are 100 to 110,000 individuals slaved in Cambodia today. Oftentimes, an economic imbalance between urban and rural areas causes people to migrate. Gina Rice-Wilkins is the executive director of the Somali Mom Foundation in New York. This is an organization that funds the rescue and rehabilitation of young victims. Gina says that trafficking often happens in situations where migration has gone wrong.
4: Migration at the border towns can be a prime location for traffickers to prey on victims. And we see women and girls who are being trafficked from, say, Cambodia to another country like Thailand or Malaysia as well as women and girls from regions like Vietnam being trafficked to Cambodia as a destination country. Uh, Many of these women and girls are at great risk for being trafficked by recruiters who prey on impoverished people who are desperate
1: for work. Richard Weber of Destiny Rescue, another organization that rescues young victims of sex trafficking, says that much of the activity now hides behind what is locally known as the entertainment industry. Beer gardens, massage parlors, and KTVs, which stand for karaoke television. He says that even if girls don't intend to fall into the trap, invariably, they always do.
3: For a
5: lot of them, they would be heading out to these places thinking that they, um, they will just serve drinks or they, they won't get involved in the prostitution side of things. But it doesn't take long if you're drinking every night, which these girls are, um, or you hit a desperate time in the month and you just don't have enough money that you want additional tips or you see the other girls around you that are, are doing these things and making more money than you, that sooner or later these girls are going to slip into that same lifestyle and start to do the same sorts of things.
1: And then there are the young children who live on the streets who are picked up every day by foreign sex offenders. What makes them such an easy target? Sam Leung Sela, the country director of Action pour Les Enfants, or Apple Cambodia, an NGO that hunts out sex offenders, says it's because many of these children live in poverty.
6: Well, the, the number one reason I would say is the vulnerability of our children and accessibility of those children on the street. So that is relatively easy for pedophile or traveling sex offender to come to our country and then, you know, find contact with children on the street. Most of them are working as a baker. Uh, they're selling some sort of souvenir uh, Staff uh, in the street and at public places, so they are really confronted uh, confronted with uh, sex tourists or paedophile traveling or sex offender. As long as they are, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, earning earning their living on the street, selling those stuff.
1: It's those who you trust, often unflinchingly, that invariably turn out to be the recruiters. Ordinary women in the neighbourhood who will go to parents asking them to sell their children.
4: Uh, They sometimes even seek out the poorest families in the village and ask the parents if they have a daughter who would like a job as a cleaner or domestic worker in Phnom Penh. And sometimes the parents will agree to send their child off to work, truly believing that they will be working in a legitimate job and able to send their home, you know, money to help support the family. So sometimes they might suspect the reality of what will actually happen to their daughter, but perhaps turn a blind eye out of financial desperation if a lump sum is handed over by the recruiter up front.
1: The Cambodian people continue to suffer from the aftermath of the Khmer Rouge genocide. Almost half of them live in multi-dimensional poverty. They have poor health, they lack income, they have little access to education, and suffer an ongoing threat of violence. Poverty leads you to do inhumane things like selling your own children as an outsider to this situation, it can be hard to understand how a parent could willingly sell her own child. Haley Welgus, the country director of the Somali Mom Foundation in Cambodia. Tells us more.
7: Sometimes the parents might have eight other children to feed, and if it's a choice between the others, you know, eight children starving and sacrificing one, I I can't put myself in that position of making that decision. Um, And I think most of us are fortunate enough not to have to try and understand what that would be like. I think as well when when families are struggling with poverty or even just, um, I guess, environmental um, social pressures in terms of uh, affluence and material assets, I think sometimes um, parents might be all too willing to believe that there really is a job at the other end for the daughter um, and perhaps don't ask the questions they should, perhaps actively turn a blind eye. and just ready to believe that the, the offer's too, you know, perhaps it's just too good to be true. Yeah, I mean, in terms of child rights in Cambodia and, and what that sort of looks like, I think when we've had a couple of um, generations now since the Khmer Rouge regime, I think um, Cambodia is beginning to move on and things are changing. People are becoming aware of their rights you know the the situation poverty is slowly getting better here but nonetheless I think it's still in Cambodia's pretty recent history this level of uh, abuse that the country experienced and many people were separated from their families from their parents they lost parents they lost children families and communities were kind of reconfigured and I think uh, what we may be seeing today to some extent is a situation where I, I guess maybe the value that we might place on a nuclear family isn't necessarily the same in all cambodian communities and contexts
1: the other thing that is particularly shocking is that cambodian men have adopted violence as a tactic why Haley says that according to the united nations one in five cambodian men have committed rape in their lifetimes
7: they found i think that roughly the number was one in five had committed some form of sexual violence or rape um and that included partner rape um and Uh, Included gang rape Cambodia does have Disproportionately high levels Of gang rape as well It's quite a a Horrendous phenomenon here Particularly gang rape Of sex workers And explaining those reasons I mean that same United Nations study um, It was called Why do some men Commit violence against women And what can we do To prevent it And so it was very interesting It was talking to the men the perpetrators directly themselves and looking at what their motivations are and the number one reason that came out was simply their sense of sexual entitlement they're raised as part of their construction of their own masculinities what it means to be a man in Cambodia part of that is having the right to exert your your sexual um, desires I guess with little uh, thought I suppose for who the other person is involved in that arrangement whether they're over 18 or not whether they're consenting or not
1: What is being done about this? Apple Cambodia has been on the hunt for sex offenders since 2003. When I met with their staff in Phnom Penh, the first thing that they did was to hand me a cheat sheet that describes the three different types of exploitation. Established based exploitation occurs when an individual visits a sex house to exploit children, street based exploitation occurs when a sex offender or an intermediary approaches children directly in public areas to commence an exploitative relationship. And institution-based exploitation occurs when an individual uses an institution like a school or an orphanage to gain access to groom and sexually exploit young children. Some of these are foreign sex offenders that have been convicted in their own countries, like Richard Fruin, who spent a year in a British prison for producing child pornography and then fled to Cambodia to sexually molest young boys under the guise of an English school teacher at a local private school. Others have been convicted not just in their home countries, but around the world. Philip Albertini was convicted for molesting children in France and then again in Thailand. After this, he came to Cambodia and was convicted in 2012 for molesting young boys' here. It's unbelievable how unassuming these foreigners look. Matthias Casso, also convicted in 2011 for producing child pornography, has a Facebook page that lists him as a graphic designer. A regular working professional who designs logos and takes photos, normal things that are needed by everyday people and businesses. Who could imagine that he would turn out to be a rampant producer of a child pornography circle, of which his local Cambodian wife was the ringleader?
6: Concerning the production of child pornography, it is uh, getting more and more a serious issue here because we know that uh, within the poor family in Cambodia, the knowledge about child pornography is still very low. So children are actually put in... Uh, danger of being led into, uh, you know, the production of child pornography. In that particular case, large number of uh, children in that community were engaged in the production of child pornography by a French man. And it took really some time for the investigation to uncover uh, the crime because the families and the children themselves did not report their suspicion or abuse until our investigator came across that situation, felt concerned, and then decided to investigate the incident. His name is uh, Casa Matias, his friend national, and he had been living in Cambodia for so many years, and he got married to a local uh, woman, and that woman was actually employed to facilitate uh, all the children Uh, in the production of Child Pornography. And she was the cover-up of the whole story. Uh, uh, And the community did not become suspicious because that Frenchman was living with a local family. So they had no concern that children, different children, you know, uh, came to the family because perhaps they liked the family. But in fact, uh, the woman, the wife of the Frenchman, was the active a uh, facilitator in finding all those churn for the production of child pornography.
1: This situation, one in which a foreigner will adopt a local to pose as the trusting front, is also quite common, according to Sela. <laughs> It's not just foreigners who will groom these young children. Many of the culprits are from right here within Cambodia. Wisnia was just 15 years old when she was lured into a sex trap by a local pedophile posing as a fortune teller right across the street from where she went to school.
0: One day, she go to the fortune teller house and the, uh, the fortune teller touch hand Touch hand and touch uh, his neck and touch chest and give one dollar and go back go back to the school. Yes, and she always she always go to the uh, fortune teller house to get the money and <laughs> and one day fortune teller. Uh, Led him to uh, sit on the on the sofa and led her to masturbation and take the penis uh, in into the vagina many times and give only uh, five thousand year. five thousand year, only one dollar fifty five cent. One day the police the police called to father talk about this. And the father asked asked her what happened she stole something in the uh, fortune teller house or what why the police call
1: <laughs> Mom Foundation was founded in 2007 by Somali Mom to eradicate sex trafficking in the country. But Gina says that's just one small part of it.
4: Somali always says uh, it takes five minutes to rescue a girl, but then what are you going to do with her? You need to provide skills training, opportunities for education and development and growth. We help um, victims to become survivors by giving them a voice uh, and a choice in their lives. And then you also need to work to change the attitudes that allow for trafficking and
1: abuse and abuse of young women to happen in the first place. pitch is an advocacy consultant with the Somali Mom Foundation. A survivor herself... She says that besides poverty, it's a lack of education that makes people vulnerable.
0: The cause of sex trafficking is living standard and education. When people have no education, they tend to believe in what other people say. Some people ask uh, the local people, especially in the rural area, to work in the Phnom Penh to work in the restaurant or in a shop. But in fact, they sell them to a prostitute. But
1: getting the education out to the people poses a big problem. There is no Internet reach and hardly any print media. Not that many people can read. So Sripic says that radio is one of the only ways to reach people in the provinces. Her radio show, Somali Family, airs in 11 different provinces all over the country. She invited me to attend a broadcast last week. Here's how it went. The program that day was focused on the issue of domestic violence and trafficking. Srepich's aim was to educate women and children about the issue, with the hope that one day the country will be rid of this problem. Srepich invited a special guest. On from a local NGO called Likado. She invited people to call into the hotline if they saw any suspicious activity. Sripich opens by discussing a case study. I would like to discuss a specific case. This
5: is a young girl, still in her teens, from a nearby province. Her identity is kept under wraps for protection. She was orphaned at a young age and with three siblings. She was the primary breadwinner. She married locally but suffered domestic violence. A friend recruited her to work in a factory in Phnom Penh. So she left her family to start her job in the city. But just a week later, that same friend invited her to lunch at her auntie's home, a boarding house. It turned out to be a trap. The friend had actually sold her to a brothel. She never saw her again. There, our young girl was required to live in an underground room and forced to use drugs. She was eventually rescued by the police and a local NGO and put into a drug rehab program. Ansem, can you please comment on this case?
3: This is a sad situation indeed. She has no parents. She is the family breadwinner. She has suffered domestic violence, sex trafficking and drug addiction too. This case study is a good lesson for Cambodian people who discriminate against girls like her because of our traditional belief that girls who are forced into trafficking situations have become tainted. We need to support survivors like this to motivate them to move on with their lives and not to criticize them. We Cambodian people need to abandon our traditional perceptions about tainted girls and be ready to accept them into society. Let's take a call now. This is Richard from Taka province. Hi Richard, what would you like to share today? I'd like to share my friend's experience. She was forced to marry a Chinese guy against her will because her family was poor and the Chinese guy promised money. But he took her to China and sold her to a brothel. Her family never knew about this. I like to tell listeners, don't think all foreigners are good. You must think carefully before you marry someone. How did she meet this person? I'm not exactly sure, but a villager introduced her did the
5: Chinese guy promise anything to her?
3: Yeah, he said he would take care of all her family debts. That's why she agreed to marry him, even though she didn't want to.
1: Sreepic's radio show, The Somali Family, is just one example of how educating the youth can actually change the situation for the future.
2: Sometimes I feel
1: The situation in Cambodia is different today to what it was five years ago. Although brothels don't exist anymore, the crime still does. It's just been pushed out further into the provinces. But there is hope for change. Hope that organizations like Apple Cambodia will work with the national police to hunt out pedophiles and make it difficult for foreign sex offenders to commit these heinous crimes. And there is hope that if indeed they are caught, they will be convicted and deported. Back to their home countries. And there is also hope that the victims of yesterday will become not just the survivors of today, but the trailblazers of tomorrow, advocating against these unspeakable crimes of humanity and teaching the children of Cambodia what it really means to value and fight for their human rights. Sometimes I feel like
2: I'm almost gone Sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost. Home, a
1: long way from home That brings us to the end of this episode of Asian Threads. Join me for another show, same time, same place, right here on Radio 3.
3: Asian Threads is sponsored by the Wing Foundation.